we will have no positive spiritual influence outside of the church. Most of us thankful for internet and all that stuff. But a few years ago, we had a little disturbance in our church. I got home about 8.30 that night. I got a call from Georgia. People in Georgia already knew about our problem. You know why? Because what it should be and I take it a little further than most pastors. Uh, people say, you keep your home life private. That's what it is, private. What goes on in these four walls should never leave these four walls. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about problems. Why is that? Well, let me tell you. Working together in the work begins with the local church, and if we do not maintain a proper testimony with the church, we will have no positive influence outside the church. We are to walk worthy in our fellowship. Galatians. Chapter 1 and verse 10 says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Unity within the local assembly is essential to a good relationship. We are to walk worthy in our faith, doctrinal, ecclesiastical purity, essential to both our protection and testimony. So today I want to speak of working together in the work of Emron Road Baptist Church. I went over to Grace Baptist Church a couple of years ago, for revival, Brother Donnie Burford was preaching, and, and uh, we enjoyed the, the service. And I heard one of the preachers ask about a church that uh, my son was a member of at the time. So as we walked to the car, this gentleman was there, and I said, "So you know my son?" He said. Yeah, he's no longer a member of that. And I said, oh? He said, that's church business. I gained respect for that young man. I gained respect for that pastor that had taught their people that what goes on in the four walls of the church needs to stay in the four walls of the church. It's like a 
couple having some marriage problems. And they get on that telephone, you know, tele, tele, tele. Nobody's business. But we act like church business, we want to gather. Know who's right when it comes to the church? This book. This book. I've been very open. Been very open in all the time I've been here. You got a problem with anything that I preach, teach, or do, I will talk to you one on one. Doesn't need to be a public forum. I'm not running for office. And we do really good on this, but we need to be reminded, you know, sometimes of things that uh, go on. God has given gifts to the local church in verse you know, he's found four gifts, two are passing gifts and two are permanent gifts, you know. Prophets and apostles, we have no more prophets and apostles within the local church. We prophesy in that we foretell instead of foretell. The first one is fourth, F-O-R-T-H-T-E-L, instead of four, F-O-R-E-T-E-L. There were only 12 original apostles. One was lost man and God replaced him. Found in Acts 1.26. And later with one born out of due time which was Paul and the apostles to the Gentiles. And today the gifts to the church are evangelists and pastor teachers. If we have a man come in and preach for us as a gift Better make sure that man believes what this church believes in doctrine. I'm not talking about other things. You know, there's a lot of things that I believe that my church wish I didn't. Most people wish I didn't. But I don't make them a matter of fellowship. One of our members Put this on the Facebook page. We are to be able to differ without getting upset. I mean, y'all would probably say, I don't, I can't eat what Brother Vance eats. Every day. Well, I don't eat it every day, but if I could, I could eat fried potatoes every day. Brown beans every day. Cabbage every day. Just a very simple man. But I don't go around saying, you know, must be something wrong with you because you don't like these things. Now you see what I'm going to build upon. Make sure that your relationship with the pastor is a good one. The church as a body and as individuals needs to have proper and scriptural relationships with the pastor. 
Matter of fact, in Hebrews 13, 17, God said, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your soul. So the question is, what part of obey and submit that is hard to understand? So when we look at this, we see what God has said. You know, Hebrews 13, 17. You know, we look at that and we say, well, I know what it says, but it don't mean that. Yes, it means exactly what it says. So when we look at this in the word of God, and it says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. I'm not talking about a pastor telling you to do something stupid. I'm talking about if the word of God is preached, if you don't agree with it, if you're a member of this church, stay silent. Talk to the pastor about it. But God said, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. I pray every day for every member of this lady back there. I've prayed for her every day for years. I've prayed for her son. i pray for her daughter. You know why? They need it. It's ours. I need it. We all need it. Why do we get offensive when somebody's saying, I'm going to pray for you? Every time that Nilo, I found out she's going down to Alabama or Georgia, anywhere a distance, I, if I know about it, I pray that God will give her safety. That's my duty as a pastor. But I do that because she's part of the church family. Are you following me? The pastor is several things to the church. The pastor is your shepherd. Pastor literally means a shepherd. He is Christ's under-shepherd of the flock. This is not a pride thing. It is a God thing. Paul taught the elders of the church at Ephesus in Acts 20, 28. He said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseer. The Holy Ghost made me overseer. To feed the church of God which he have purchased with his own blood. I don't pound things that I believe and can prove from the Bible, such as like God loved me before I loved him. There's a lot of things, you know. But the main thing is to feed you so you can grow in Christ. 
So we need to take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flocks. See, Acts 20, 28 is talking to me. It's talking to every pastor. Walking worthy and walking together cannot be done without a right relationship with God's man. He is both family and friend. As shepherd, he guides the flock, guards the flock, Gives his life to serve the flock. I hear people say, you know, well, he's only there for the money. You know how many years I passed through this church without taking anything? I, I correct myself. The treasurer would write me a check. I would sign it on the back and put it back in the treasury. So, you're not taking a country church for the money. You take the country church because you have a calling from God to feed his sheep. Walking worthy, walking together cannot be done without a right relationship. As a shepherd, he guides the flock, guards the flock, and gives his life for the flock. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15. Notice what he said here. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 12 and verse 15. He said, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul said, I'm going to love you whether you love me or not. But see, what we do, we watch people instead of watching ourselves. I don't have to give an account for anything. But Brother Hampton does. Brother Miley does. Brother Tom does. The only thing I have to give an account to God for is if I have failed to preach the word of God as it is. But he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and you know verse chapter 12, excuse me, in verse 15, when he said, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. So the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. We need to follow him totally. In the book of Hebrews, book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. 
God said, remember them which have the rule over you. Most church members never read that book. But you've got to understand what he's talking about. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follows, considering the end of their conversation or the end of their way of life. You know what that last few words mean? It means when I stand before God, I'll have to answer to God whether I fed you the word of God. Remember. Remember them. You know, when I look back and I mention, not because they were better church members or I love them more than I did, but, but, you know, when I think about some of the old saints that have gone on, Sister Rita, Sister Reed, Sister Arnold, Sister Jackson. We used to go on and on and on. Most of them never held an office. They never sung a special. But I knew they were praying for their pastor. And you pray for your church. But we look at people, see, and we get discouraged because they're doing nothing and they don't appreciate what I'm doing. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for God. So we need to follow him Exciting, you know. Uh, last night was the first time I've got to see the Cats played. I sort of picked a good game, didn't I? You know, and uh, need to follow him. Hebrews 6.12 said that he be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Not following somebody because of him. They're following somebody because God has put them in that position. We do even come down the ladder, if you allow me to use that terminology. When I asked Brother Jonathan... Will you lead singing? He's up here before I say yes or no. Never I said, young man, to do a thing that he wouldn't do. That's the way I remember. Because I won't ask you to do something if I don't think you're qualified to do it. But I also won't ask you to do something unless you've already told me whatever you think I can do. You let me know. Because we're living in a world that you've got to think about what you say and how you say it and who am I talking to now. But when God wrote this word, he wrote it just as it is. 
when he calls you to preach, he says, preach it, boy. Preach it when they like it. Preach it when they don't like it. That's why he said, preach it in season and then out of season. Preach it when they praise the Lord and preach it when they eat you for lunch. I'm not good at lunch. God says, follow him conditionally. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 said, Be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3, 7 said, For yourselves know how he ought to follow us, for we behave ourselves disorderly among you. We follow and encourage when it's needful. And we make a stand when it's not needful. pastor is the watchman. If people heed the pastor's scriptural preaching and teaching, it will save them from error. 1 Timothy 4.16 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 That's what God said. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. God said, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thy shall both save myself and them that hear thee. See, if I read this and I say, Oh, this is for Tom. I mean, man, I'm going to underline that because Tom needs this. Or Harold needs this. No, I've got to see a need. I'm preaching to myself. Because whatever I expect in need, she's got a right to expect that of me. That's good preaching. I don't care what you say. No, not good preaching, good teaching. But God's called me to be a preacher teacher. See, take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. When I do that, that will save them from error. It will save me from error. It will keep them from slipping. Hebrews 2, 1 says, Therefore we are to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard least at any time we should let them slip, slip away from the things we have heard and been taught. You know what I'm talking about? When a person's been saved for years and you preach on it and they say, I, I just don't believe that no more. You just told me an impossibility. Because if you believe something scripturally, the Spirit of God taught it to you. And the Spirit of God will not unteach you something that was right. It will show them the way, first, second Peter one nineteen. You see, 
you know, when Peter spoke here in chapter 1 and verse 19, he said, you know, we, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto we do well that he take heed as unto a light that shineth in a darkest place. You know, you as the church ought to know, preachers ought to know, because I've, I've not been bashful about it, I believe in a pre-trib. I believe God's going to take me out of here before the tribulation comes. So I preached that a few Sundays ago on Sunday night, and two or three of my preacher buddies said, we need to have a debate. I'm paraphrasing. We don't need to have no debate. You believe the way you want to believe, I believe the way the Spirit of God taught me to believe. And you know what they did? They ain't text me no more. Not debating the word of God when it comes from the word of God. If God says it, it says it. If God says it, it's true. Whether I believe it or you believe it or anybody believes it. God said, I have not. I have not. He will not. He has not prophesied that his children should go through the tribulation, any part of it. Preacher friend of mine, and he's still my, my friend. He won't talk to me now, but he's, he's still my friend. He wrote a whole book on why I should believe in mid-trip. But see, I've got to believe what God tells me to believe, what God convicts me to believe. The word will show them the way, you know. It's what he's talking about in Second Peter one nineteen. We have also a sure, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto the light that shineth in a dark path. But see, I have members of other churches. I'm sure pastors does too. Maybe you call some pastor. I, you know, I, but uh, you know, call and ask me. I mean, you know, I'm a member of this church, and my pastor preaches this. Uh, is that right? I'm not going to touch that with a ten foot pole. If you don't believe what your pastor is preaching, you need to find a church where you do. I believe the word of God. I preach it as it is. Pastor is your preacher. And God says in Hebrews 13, 17, which we've already, he he tells us to submit yourselves to him. Respect and esteem him, Philippians 2, 9. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. See, one of these days I'm going to die or one of these days I'm going to say I'm going to give you a six-week notice or a two-month notice. I don't know when that is, but it'll happen someday. This here is how you ought to treat the next pastor. You know, 
have to learn. You know, somebody asked me about my son, you know, which I love with everything in me. He said, how come, why didn't your son learn from his sister? Well, he didn't have nobody to follow after. And she said, hey, I'm not going to make all of those stupid mistakes. <laughs> it's that first child that, that, you know, don't be too hard on that first child because nobody's taught him anything. Oh, the mom and dad, they don't, maybe the first five years, when your child gets to be a teenager, you don't know nothing. You get 21, you know even less. That's the way it is. Don't take it personal. But God will teach that young person the same way he will that older person. Steadfastly follow the doctrines. What he said in Acts 2.42. And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. We obey in doctrine. Romans 6.17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. That's why church attendance is so important. We furnish Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's four meals a week. Romans 6, 17, you know, Paul said, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. See, there will be no change unless we obey the word from the heart. Not the head, the heart. That's why there's so many divorces. We want somebody that... You know, it's the latest model, you know, all together. But that wonderful little model is not going to stay that way. It's not because, you know, you, you think I've always looked this way? My wife wouldn't have married me if I looked this way. But we grow. Our bodies are weak, but we love each other more. I love Christ. I can say this from the bottom of my heart. As much as I love God today, I don't know whether I even loved him when I first met him. It's probably true. It's probably true. You know, Romans six seventeen. Romans 6, 17, when we look at that scripture, I tell you, it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful scripture. Romans, the 16th chapter, and the 17th verse, God says this, Romans 16, 17. Now, I beseech you, brethren, 
marked them which caused division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which he have learned. Do what? What? Are you there? Said the boredom. Mark them with cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which he have learned. Failure to do this has allowed many formerly sound Baptist churches to depart from scriptural foundation. Be anchored in, in doctrine. Ephesians 4, 4 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and thrown, carried about with every wind of doctrine by slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, you ought to know what you believe and not to be able to rattle it off like you do a recipe. I know what I believe. I know what sanctification means. I know what election is. I know what foreknowledge is. And a lady right in this county told me about a month ago. She said, I love you, Brother Tony. All you preachers, doctrine. If I could take a survey, I preach doctrine maybe once every two or three months. Once a month. But I always mention doctrine. Because if you don't mention doctrine, you'll forget what you said you believed. See, we need to continue in doctrine because 1 Timothy 4, 16 said, Take heed unto what? Thyself. And unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Told you this, you know, I preach on spiritual adultery. There is such thing as spiritual adultery. I preached it when a certain member was there. They used to sit right over there. And about 10, 11 years later, I preached it again, you know, because you got to preach something again because we forget after 10, 11 years. And that person told me, going out, he said, you know, you preached that exactly the way you did 11 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever it was. I said, praise God. Because we've got to remember. We've got to remember. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thyself both save who? Thyself them that hear thee. Why would anybody that is saved be afraid to say, I believe in eternal security, the blood-bought believer? Or I believe once saved, always saved. 
mean, a person that professes to be saved and don't think that God can keep them saved don't have any faith in God. Because it was God that saved you, and if you're being kept, he's keeping you. You know, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9, I'll give you the gist of it, you know. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, and neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. I mean, I've had visitors come here. I'd go visit them, and they'd tell me, said, you know, I'm looking for a church where I can be dominant. You know, I want a, I want a place of authority. I said, well, the church is sort of like the army. You start as a private. You earn your increase. Well, you want a man you don't even know? Come in and be digging? Make him assistant pastor? I'd be disqualified. You may not disqualify me, but God would disqualify me. Brother Ward, bless his heart, he's in heaven listening to me this morning, he wouldn't let nobody get on this pulpit. Nobody. He said, it's holy. The song leader sat down there with a mic. If you weren't preaching, you didn't get behind this pulpit. This is a holy place. You try to preach that now. Do you think this church is yours? No, it's God's. And this pulpit ought to be holy. Uh, I told a, I, I told a person that that you know they were here for just a, a short period of time, and they told me they said I don't like you. I said. Sometimes I don't like me. What's that got to do? What's that got to do with anything? Do you want a pastor that you like? Or you want a pastor that preaches the word of God as it is to you as you are? And it got quiet just like it is now. I'm going to do what I said I wouldn't do, but I'm, I always run out of, you know. I've got six typed out little pages. If I was in the pew and somebody else was pastor, I said, could I have a copy of that? And I was studied it and studied it and studied it. You'll have a different view of church members and you'll have a different view of the man who's just behind this pulpit. Sound later, pianist come. 